Pastor Chris's podcast. Imagine how awesome heaven will be. What a wonderful thing it will be to be with God forever in eternity. Where there will be no more pain, no more suffering. All of the brokenness that we've experienced in this life. The brokenness of our body and the, and the health that, problems that we struggled with. The seeing, seeing uh, the, also the, the things that we had in our life that we didn't understand. We'll have all our answers, have all our questions answered, or we'll find that, that, that it didn't matter anyway and we don't care anymore. Seeing that all of our senses are made perfect. Seeing that, that we are filled with perfect love and perfect harmony, perfect knowledge of one another. We will know each other in a deeper way than we ever knew each other in this lifetime. We will recognize each other perfectly and we'll have perfect health. The things in our body that the flaws that we had, we will either be free from them because they will be made perfect or we will understand how perfect they already are and we'll be free from the shame that we have felt about our imperfections. And all of our loved ones will be there in the kingdom of God. All of our loved ones who have loved the Lord and and trusted in Him will be there and we will be reunited with those whom we have mourned as we've lost them in this life. And we will be there together with them and we will know them perfectly and they will know us perfectly and we'll live together with the Lord our God in perfect harmony forever and ever and ever. What an amazing vision it is. And then we come to the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. And we read these words. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend the banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and he sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, He sent his servant to tell the guest, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. And another said, I just got married, so I won't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, There is still more room. So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Some of Jesus' parables are hard to understand. This one's pretty straightforward. God has prepared a feast of all good things and he invites everyone to come and enjoy with him. But when the call comes, people make excuses. They are too wrapped up in the things of this world to accept God's invitation. But here's the thing. You see, few people would actually reject God's invitation to the kingdom feast if 
It was obvious it was God inviting them to the feast in his kingdom. People miss out because God's invitation comes every day in a thousand small ways. And I commend you all this morning for getting up to come to church. This morning, you accepted the invitation to feast in God's kingdom in one small way. Many people chose not to come this morning. Many people choose to do something else on Sundays besides worship the Lord. They make excuses for not going to church. They don't realize They are excusing themselves from a feast with the king of kings. People make excuses for other things too. Not praying, not reading the Bible, not helping their neighbor, not doing what Jesus said to do. In a thousand small ways, God invites us to feast in his kingdom. And each time the invitation comes, we have a choice to make. Do we accept the invitation or make an excuse? Your life is a collection of millions of these small choices. And they add up. You might not notice the effect your excuses have at the time you offer them. But one day you will stand before God and look back. And you will see the sum of all you did and all your excuses as well. And I hope you won't see a mountain of excuses has piled up when it should be a multitude of blessings from God. Many of you know that it's time to make a change in your life, but you're stuck. You're making excuses and it's killing you. What you do, what do, what do you need to work on? Do you need to change your spiritual habits? Ask for forgiveness, repent of sin, exercise more, change your eating habits, change careers. Maybe God's calling you into some type of ministry. But it means it's going to require you to turn your back on something else in order to in order to turn toward what God is calling you to. You know what you need to do. But you keep making excuses. And I'm here to tell you today. That all your excuses are lies. It's the enemy of God who sidles up next to you and whispers in your ear. And you think, I don't have time. I don't have time to do what I know I need to do, but I don't have time. And that's a lie. That's a lie. You always have time for what's really important to you. Or you think, 
I just can't do it. I just can't do it. That's a lie. With God, all things are possible. And if he's called you to do it, you can do it. Or you think, you know, I've tried that before and I failed. I've tried it more than one time and every time I've failed. But that doesn't mean you won't eventually succeed. So don't give up. Or you think, you know, I'd really love to do it. I just would love to do it, but I just, I can't afford it. But I want to tell you, if it's a worthwhile goal, it's worth spending the money. You just have to decide what's really important to you. Jesus told a parable. He said, a man found a precious pearl. And he went and sold everything that he had. And he bought the field where the treasure lay. If, if it's worth having, if it's really God's desire for you, if you know that it's what God wants for you, it's not that you can't afford it. It's that you make a choice not to pay whatever the cost is. Some people say, I'm just too old to start. You're never too old. Bill Turpin was, uh, one, of, was uh, one of the volunteers that helped with youth program when I was uh, first starting out in the ministry, working with youth at Lithia Springs United Methodist Church. Bill Turpin was an old man seven, in his 70s. And uh, every year we'd go on a ski trip. And Bill always had wanted to learn how to ski, but he'd never done it in his younger days. And he, Bill was, I think he was 70 years old the first time he went skiing. But he went skiing with the youth every year after that. What about Abraham in the scripture? How old was Abraham when he finally had a child that God had promised him he was having? How old was his wife Sarah when she had that child? Your excuses are not valid. And it's time to throw away all your excuses and just be honest. The truth shall set you free. Free to be all that God wants you to be. Free to be your very best self. Free to be part of God's glorious kingdom. Fear lies beneath so many of our excuses. We lack faith that change is really possible. And fear makes you freeze. But faith forces you to move. And to move in a positive direction. So have faith. Perhaps it is, perhaps it is impossible for you. But all things are possible with God. If, if it looks too hard, then ask God for help. And He will give you someone. He's the God who rises from the grave as Jesus Christ on the third day. If he can do that, if he can raise Lazarus from the dead, then he can do anything. And he can do anything for you if it is his will. And if you know it is, ask him for help and he will help you. Sometimes the obstacles to change in our lives 
are more than just mental blocks. They are real. They are real problems. It, it Maybe it's not just an excuse that we're making up, but that doesn't mean we can't change. We just have to find a way around the obstacle. Don't believe the lie that it's impossible. Nick Vujicic is a motivational speaker that speaks every year at numerous conferences as an in inspirational, motivational speaker. He inspires thousands upon thousands of people. How is it that Nick can inspire people? It's because Nick Vujicic was born without arms and legs. Doctors said he would never learn to walk. <laughs> but with his little stumps, he is able, he has taught himself how to walk. Not only that, without arms or legs, Nick learned how to swim. And beyond that, although most people would say that it is absolutely impossible without arms or legs to do it, Nick learned how to surf. And Nick never lets his disability keep him from being able. He always, instead of making excuses, when, when, when of any, peop, any person you would say that he would have the, the right to make an excuse, but instead he finds a, a way. Rather than making excuses, he finds a way. He innovates, he gets help, he uh, creates new devices that can assist him, but he is not one that's going to sit down, give up, and make excuses. Instead, he is going to find a way to do the impossible. And if he can do it, then anybody can do it. You can do it. Don't make excuses. Find a way forward. Go over, go under, go around the obstacle in your life. Do a mental exercise. What would you do to change your life if you believe that you are actually able to overcome your excuse? Do you don't have time? What would you do if you had all the time in the world? Not enough money? What would you do if you had if money wasn't an issue? What if you had all the money that you needed? Do you feel unconfident and, and that's what keeps you from moving forward? What would you do if you were as confident as the most positively confident person that you know. So think about things in these ways and break through your excuses. And look at the facts. How much time do you really need? How much money do you really need? How much confidence do you really need? How, what, what resources do you really need? What would it take to make a change? Is it really out of your reach or does it just feel out of your reach? Because oftentimes there are resources available. There is money available. It doesn't cost as much as you thought it would. You just have to look at the problem and figure it out. Get some help from somebody. Because so often, more often than not, there is a way. You just have to find it. Quite frankly, the, oftentimes the problem is that we just don't feel like it. We don't feel like it. We're tired. 
But we have to do it anyway. Even if you don't feel like it. Because you know what? Your feelings, they come and they go. And what happens so often? You know, on December the 31st, we're looking at a new year and we get so excited and we get pumped up. Or we come to a worship service and we get inspired and we get pumped up. We're going to make a change. We're going to do something different. And you're all pumped up one day. And then you're tired and you're unmotivated the next. Isn't that right? And you don't feel like doing it anymore. But you made a commitment. So keep doing it anyway. Even if you don't feel like it. Keep a commitment that you've made. Keep it simply for the sake of being a man or a woman of your word. I said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. And do it even if you don't feel like it. Even if you're just going through the motions and you say, well, I just, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, I'm not even into this any before. I'm not even motivated. I'm just going through the motions. Great. Go through the motions because you know what? It's about a commitment you make, not about a feeling. And going through the motions is sometimes to be commended greatly. Because it means that you are doing what you said you would do. You are keeping your commitment. You are a person of your word. And guess what? Nine times out of ten, the motivation does come back. The feelings do come back. You might not feel like it today, but after you do it, you're going to be so glad you did. And tomorrow, you're going to be motivated again. Unless you give up today. Now, one time out of ten, there might be something to that feeling that you have. But don't give up today. Wait until tomorrow to give up. You know, don't procrastinate. But if you're going to procrastinate, procrastinate on this one thing. Procrastinate about giving up. Say, I'm not gonna, I don't feel like doing it today, but I'm not going to give up today. I'm going to put that off till tomorrow. And then when tomorrow comes... Put it off another day. Keep putting off giving up as long as you can. Because oftentimes you'll find you're glad you didn't because you kept going. You pushed through those feelings of wanting to give up. Some of you are thinking, I'm just too old and it's just too late. I've lived my whole life like this. And I may not have very long left to really turn things around. And I would just want to say, it's never too late. Remember that, that, that in God's kingdom, in the economy of Christ's love and grace, the past is the past. Because of what Christ has done for us, God forgives. And God gives us new life. And you can always start over. You can start over today, even if you only have... Days or hours left to live. It's never too late. Do you remember the... We, we know this is true because there's a story in the gospel. As Christ is hanging on the cross and he's, he's dying for our sins. Right next to him is a thief. And the thief is dying too. Dying justly because, because he is being punished for his crimes. And he looks to Jesus and he seeks forgiveness. And he, and he asks Jesus, he says, Lord... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And Jesus looks at him. And you know, you know what Jesus doesn't say? Jesus doesn't say, I'm sorry. It's just too late. There's not enough time left. You've lived your life the way you lived it, and it's too late to turn, turn around now. He doesn't say that, does he? No, what he says is, today you will be in the kingdom with me. And that's what he would say to you today. Even if you are going to die within an hour, you're still time for you to turn to Christ today and say, Lord, forgive me and remember me when you come into your kingdom. And if that's what you need to do today, then please turn to Jesus and do it because it's never too late. But living as a Christian takes discipline. It's a daily discipline of worship and prayer and service and study and giving and following the Lord. And Jesus gives you a tool to motivate you, to help you to stay disciplined. It's the vision of the kingdom feast as we're all gathered around in the Lord's kingdom at the table and all good things are being set before us and we're there with all of our loved ones and there's no more suffering and no more pain and no more troubles and all wounds have been healed and all brokenness has been healed and all broken relationships have been mended. And it is a beautiful, beautiful image. And it's, the, it's, it's what we have to look forward to after a life of faithfully following Christ. And so imagine every day what it will be like in the kingdom of God when your faithful discipline is rewarded. And this grand vision is the result of a faithful Christian life lived every day in a thousand small ways. Now take that and break it down into these smaller segments. What are the changes you need to make to get to God's heavenly banquet? What are the small things that you need to be doing each day to live toward that kingdom? And now live the life of a Christian day by day and hour by hour and moment by moment working toward that grand vision of the kingdom of heaven. Because what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God.